This is Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations with hosts Leah Lim and Dr. Anthony Stately. Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Anine, hello, I'm Leah Lem. And I'm Anthony Stately. We're back with more conversations, more explorations about how healthcare in Indian country is responding and adapting beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Miigwech, and thank you for joining us. Buju, Dr. Anthony Stately. Nice to be with you again. Hi, Leah. <laughs> how are you doing? It's good to see you. I'm doing well today. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really excited for today. We're having a conversation with Angie DeLille, who's from the Lake Manitoba First Nations Ojibwe. Angie is a licensed clinical social worker and has been working on Native American issues with the state of Minnesota for the past decade or so, and is currently the deputy director in the Office of Indian Policy for the Minnesota Department of Human Services. She's also an avid runner. She's participated in 21 marathons. Holy cow. We'll talk with Angie about staying healthy for running and how her race career went during the pandemic. But first, let's catch up a bit about where we are. Yeah, COVID cases continue to rise, especially in our elders and Native Americans have the second highest increase in rates for the state of Minnesota. And the Minnesota Department of Health is continuing their free at-home rapid COVID tests via the Say Yes to COVID test program. Every household can place an order every month until they decide to end the program. I've gotten mine through the program and you can get yours. Find it at sayyeshometest.org. I actually got mine as well and just in time actually because I ended up getting COVID a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I used those tests today to figure out that that was what was making me sick. So, wow. yeah, helpful, very helpful. Get your free COVID tests if you can. Also, the FDA has extended the expiration date on many of the home at-home COVID tests. To find out more, you can go to fda.gov and search COVID diagnostic tests. We've also included a direct link on our website. Additionally, free drive-through COVID testing is now available at select Walgreens locations. Find one near you by visiting online at walgreens.com. Yes, and an updated COVID vaccine has become available as of a couple of weeks ago. The vaccine is recommended for individuals five years and older. There are also options for children between six months to five years old. And Minnesota residents who have symptoms of COVID-19 and have tested positive or have been exposed to someone with COVID-19 are eligible to receive treatment at no cost. The Minnesota Department of Health, in partnership with Q Health, run the Test to Treat program, which provides access to care and COVID-19 medication. Health insurance is not required to receive treatment. And to receive your treatment, call 1-844-609-2415 to speak with a healthcare provider. Information is linked from our episode page on minnesotanativenews.org. Well, that's a lot, Anthony. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, but it's important because, Dr. Stately, you recently had COVID-19. It's still circulating. Can you tell us yeah. a bit about what that was like for you? Oh, wow. Well, you know, it, <laughs> it was a really good reminder to me, both personally and professionally, like uh, to take a little bit more care, right? Um, 
thankfully it wasn't as bad as my first bout of COVID, but I got my first um, bout of COVID in November of 2020. So right before the vaccines came out, like literally a month before the vaccines came out. Um, you know, and I remember, I remember that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the hospital for seven days. And, um, so this wasn't quite as bad, but like, it kind of hit me like out of the blue, I think, um, like a couple weeks ago on Friday morning, I went to work. I got there about 8.30, 8.35. And by nine o'clock, I was like, I don't feel right. I just like, uh, and I started feeling like, you know, aches in my legs and in my hips, which is kind of where I always end up feeling at first whenever I like get the flu or something like that. So that's what mm-hmm. I thought I had. And I had just had the vaccine for the flu and also the COVID-19 updated vaccine the day before at my annual visit. So I was like, well, maybe it's just a reaction to that. So I went home thinking like, I'll feel okay. I'll just get a little bit of sleep and everything will be fine. And the next day I woke up and like everything hurt. Like not fine. Like literally, like there wasn't like my eyelids hurt, my eyeballs Ooh. hurt, you know. I felt like my hair hurt. <laughs> what little I have left. <laughs> and I just was like, I couldn't get comfortable in my bed. Oh, it was so uncomfortable for like the good first 24, 48 hours was just bad. So do you I slept for like 16 hours. Do you have a guess as to where you might have picked it up? I think that I probably, so NAC at their clinic, we had this big, huge um, staff event where we did a training. We talked about the seven grandfather teaching. So we were like really doing this thing as a, as an organization to like talk a little bit about, you know, <laughs> ironically it's stuff we talk about here all, all the time which is like being a good relative to one another yeah taking care of each other and those kinds of things and you know and honestly um i think many of us myself included didn't really practice a lot of things we talk about about like mm-hmm. you know being mm-hmm. indoors and nearby and testing regularly it did what what it did for me and what it also did for the rest of my because a few other staff ended up being sick as well we like mm-hmm. had an intentional conversation about oh, let, let's start re-implementing that, like, test before you come to work kind of thing if you don't feel good. Like, if you don't feel good, like, I really didn't do, I sh- I knew I wasn't feeling all that hot the morning I woke up, but I, I'm kind of like a hard, like, I'm just, a, I'm going to go and show up and just power through, Yeah. even though I don't, like, necessarily feel 100%. I probably should have, like, just, you know, avoided Sure. Going to work. Well, and it's understandable, you know, like as time goes on, we kind of forget. Yeah. And and I think we just acclimate, right? It was a really good reminder for me in my role. Um, It was like, but what I did was I came home and I I knew I was, I knew like something was wrong. And I knew I was, I thought it was either a vaccine reaction to the flu vaccine, which I've had those situations before. And I just didn't feel well. But I went into my room and I kind of closed the door and I stayed in my room. I stayed in my room all day Friday. I slept for like 12 hours. The next day I slept for 16 hours. Um, and, you know, I just stayed away from my kids and stayed away from like, I didn't even let my cats in my room because I didn't want my cats to get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, you kind of live and you learn. And I think one of the things that it was, it was a great reminder for me about like, 
you know, being a little bit more cautious and being really paying attention. So, well, we'll have your reminder be a reminder to others that COVID 19 is still circulating and we still need to pay attention, you know, how we feel and take necessary precautions to protect our relatives because some people might have an average reaction to getting COVID-19 and some, it might be more serious. So we just want to make sure that we're staying mindful and remembering to be a good relative. So I'm glad you're back on your feet. Yeah, I'm really grateful I wasn't worse than it was. So, and you know, yeah, it's a good reminder of like, you know, any, in any number of places I normally walk through on any given day, I, I see a number of people who are a little bit probably more vulnerable than I am. Elders, you know, those kinds of things. So I'm grateful that I didn't get anybody sick. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're back on your feet. And next, we're going to talk to somebody who uses their feet a lot. Marathoner Angie DeLille. We'll get to talk with Angie about how she stays healthy while training and more about her running career. You're listening to Minnesota Native News, Community Health Conversations. This program is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov COVID-19. Okay, I got a joke for you, Anthony. Okay, you do? How do you know if someone is training for a marathon? I don't know. They're wearing leggings? <laughs> um, you don't have to worry about it. They will tell you. <laughs> huh? That's funny. <laughs> it's cool. It's actually cool because I've run a few marathons. So it's not like, you know, I'm making fun of myself too. But running is such a fun sport. And, you know, I, I don't think I have many marathons or any marathons left in me. You know, 26.2 miles. Whew, that is oh, wow. a, yeah. a, a long distance. Um, but shorter distance, I feel, are definitely on the table. I'm registered for Grandma's half marathon in 2024. So we'll see how that goes. But race day, I love race day. It's so special, so exciting. The night before, you get to eat this solid dinner. You set your clothes out, and then you wake up early, a lot of times in pitch black, giddy, to enjoy just the day, the celebration. And this celebration is also about the work and consistency of training, of the running that you've done for months. And oftentimes, that's through... I want to say cycles of pain and healing. So sometimes we get injured and, you know, rest up. And it's a cycle of just like both mental and physical. So when I saw this year that the Twin Cities Marathon was canceled due to weather, my heart went out to all the runners that day. But I totally get it. You know, extreme heat was the cause of the cancellation, which is nothing to play around with. So definitely understandable. And how the first way that I heard of this cancellation, of course, was through social media. From our guest today, Angie DeLille is from the Lake Manitoba First Nations Ojibwe and is joining us from Minneapolis. 
Angie is a licensed clinical social worker and focuses on Native American issues with the state of Minnesota and is currently the deputy director in the Office of Indian Policy for the Minnesota Department of Human Services. Today, though, we're focusing on her running career and exploring related health topics. So welcome to the program, Angie. Thank you so much for joining us, especially since I know you just got back to town from a marathon. How's it going, Angie? Thank you. Um, it's going pretty good. And yep, I just uh, got done with the Lake Tahoe Marathon. There's just beautiful, breathtaking. My legs are pretty tore up, but it, it was pretty, pretty amazing, stunning. Well, that's the wonderful part I feel about marathons and races is you get to see different parts of the world or different parts of the country. And even around the Midwest, you get to see the cities more like the Twin Cities Marathon, like different neighborhoods and stuff that I wouldn't have expected. Um, and it's just really fun to be able to see places, no matter what, running. I don't think on my own I would be able to do that. I'm, I'm sponsored by the South Fox Ranch. Sometimes running can be somewhat affordable, you know, close to home, but traveling can definitely get pretty spendy. And I'm really, really lucky that I I was sponsored this time because um, traveling can get pretty expensive. In all of our cultures, indigenous cultures, we all had like runners in our society, right? Yeah. Like people who ran between villages and carried messages and yeah. all these things. And I remember my experience when I first started running, like after I got past like that five or six mile part where I was like, paying attention to like, you know, my legs and like the terrain and trying to sort of like, like focus all on that. But once I got into the groove and I just, I hit that, I broke through that barrier and it just was like, it was like so peaceful. There's that symbiosis that happens between you and just the earth and like the things around you. It's almost like your ego disappears, I think. Right. Way too. Right. You become part of it. Um, Tahoe. You know, there's this this section where it's a bunch of sugar pines and they're just like lining are just all around and it's like the best cheer zone ever. So I'm not the only person who has imagined trees cheering me on. No, they do. (laughs) No, they do. I'm having a moment right now. That's amazing. (laughs) They do. Fun. Well, Angie, we want to make sure to talk about how running played a role during the pandemic for you? Well, so running was something that something that I could still do um, to get out of the house. <laughs> um, so I run all year round. In 2017, I made a goal. I was going to um, qualify for the Boston Marathon. I just said that I was going to do it. And so I got really serious and, and I did that in and so I qualified for the Boston 2020 um, marathon. And just for everybody who doesn't understand, that is a huge deal. Congratulations on qualifying. Thank that's you. amazing. <laughs> that is a huge, that's a huge, huge issue. Not- you got to be fast. And then, yeah. And then it got canceled and it broke my heart. Oh. I- Oh. <laughs> and it went virtual. So, that's not the same. No, I can't. That's my one and done virtual, but I count it. Um, 
How do you do a virtual run? You run in your house or you run no, in place? No, I ran 26 miles on my own. Oh, yeah. And they track you or whatever. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I turned in my, my, yeah, I, I have a watch that tracks my runs and it goes on Strava. Uh, yeah. <sighs> that's really too bad for me because I could probably do a running in place thing. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did that count then as running the Boston? It did. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was about to be <laughs> some sort of way. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. Congratulations. So that part was heartbreaking. But, you know, mm-hmm. I was still able to run, which, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that was not the worst thing that could have happened. I mean, the pandemic was, you know, in and of itself. I mean, that was pretty, um, you know, that was a really hard time. Um, and and during that time, I was redeployed to the governor's office um, to, um, you know, coordinate the tribal COVID response. So I was really close to it and um, and really busy. And, um, you know, I was it was all COVID. And so it was pretty stressful and and running really helped me, um, you know, really um, be able to escape it for a little bit because in that kind of a role I mean it's kind of an all the time kind of a a position um you must have worked really long hours because I just remember like yeah I think a lot of people did it makes sense why a lot of people left their roles right afterwards right yeah just like trained running really helped you know just keep me grounded and there wasn't there were no races in sight it was nice to have that outlet. But you did eventually get back out to Boston to run it. I did. <laughs> I know because I saw you in the airport. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. So 2021. So this is my favorite. So whenever anybody asks about my favorite race, this is definitely it. Uh, 2021 Boston. So I had a really great race and I qualified again. Um, during Boston, which is, you know, that's a challenging course. So I was really happy with that. Also, it was on Indigenous Peoples Day, and Boston is always held in April. Um, and this is the only time I think that it will ever be um, on, in October, ever. They um, postponed it because of the pandemic to October. So it was on Indigenous Peoples Day. I qualify for Boston again. And then... In the finishing shoot, Derek, my husband now, proposed to me in the finisher shoot. That's awesome. And spoiler alert, I said yes. <laughs> but it was amazing. How dreamy. Yeah, so when it couldn't get any better. That's awesome. So yeah, that's my favorite race. So marathons are outside. I know there are a couple indoor ones that are go that go around a track, like in the middle of winter. Trust me, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Advertised, I've never signed up. <laughs> but so usually marathons are outside um, during the pandemic, you know, still outside, obviously, but some required participants to be vaccinated. And, you know, quite a few big ones did. Was there, did you hear anything about the vaccination requirement during the pandemic, Angie? Yeah. Did you hear anybody talk about it? Yeah, yeah, we were required to be vaccinated for for Boston. 
Okay. Yep. So we had these, um, we had to bring our card and, and, you know, have proof that we were vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And what was the sentiment about that? Well, there was a debate and there were some people who, you know, decided not to apply to go because of that, which, you know, for those of us who went, for the most part, we were like, okay, (laughs) fine by me, (laughs) you know, like it didn't affect me at all. You know, it didn't matter to me. You know, for me, it made sense. I remember during the pandemic hearing about people training and running like in their living rooms or in their yards um, to get their miles in. And I actually made a rut along my own property perimeter around the edge where I do laps. (laughs) It was it was a different time. Um, But were there any other like training adjustments that you made during the pandemic? Well, I was I was prepared to to do that. But then um, so the city of Minneapolis opened up um, a couple of streets just for for runners and bikers. Um, And then, you know, so down by the river, um, they didn't allow cars so people could spread out. Um, while running and and at that point you know the the guidance was whether even when you were outside six feet apart you know so you were like I was running around people and you know we were staying away from people and putting things over your mouths when you were running by people and things like that uh, so I I still ran outside and around um, so I didn't have to go or didn't have to stay in my yard, but I was prepared to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did Were you able to sort of like avoid getting COVID during all that time? I, I avoided COVID. Um, I got it. I did end up getting it in over Christmas of 22. So late pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know a couple people recently, a family member, and then a couple of friends who, you know, were, you know, really excited. They 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 called themselves no, novids. I'm uh, never had a, never had COVID. That's the thing. Like people are like, I'm a novid. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> That's a thing. But yeah, so they like call themselves novid, but they recently got it. And they think you know this new variant is really virulent. So it's oh. really easy to catch. One of them got it at a powwow. They got it at the Makata powwow. Outdoors, no less. Wow. It's a thing. Yeah. So Well, nothing derails a race better than getting injured or sick or just one of those things. How do you stay healthy for races, Angie? So far, I haven't gotten, I haven't had any major injuries um except for well okay so i have had one so i i started training for a marathon too soon after childbirth Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. didn't connect the fact that my my hips were still pretty soft so Mm -hmm. i did a number on my hips and i wasn't able to to run one of the marathons i trained for but 
other than mm. that, <laughs> um, I've stayed pretty healthy. Um, so one thing I do is after marathons, I'm pretty, I'm pretty strict with myself about taking two weeks off after after a race, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I'm I go pretty slow, a slow build. So um, even when I'm not training, I I just run all the time, basically. Yeah, um, and. And I spend, especially especially now that uh, my body is aging, I spend a lot of effort on recovery. Um, so I use my roller a lot, and I make sure that I massage, use my massage gun. And my the other thing that running does is it it kind of forces me um, into self care. You know, if I don't sleep well, if I don't make sure that I get enough sleep, then I don't run well, um, which I prioritize running over a lot of things in my life. So I'd rather run well than to not sleep well. So I I make sure I sleep. I make sure I'm eating well. If I don't eat well, like if I choose to, um, if I don't have a good diet, then I can feel it in my runs also. And I don't like that. So. I choose to eat well. Well, you work to build community around running, right? So you have kind of a another family, a running family. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about that? I saw you're a founding board member of Renew Earth Running. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So that, um, so Renew Earth Running is a an organization we fundraise to support organizations that uh, return land back to indigenous um, stewardship. For instance, locally, um, we do a 5K um, every year in the summer, and it's with the, uh, it's called the Holland Pollen, and it's with the Wakhan Tipi project nice so things like that it's a really new organization um we're about a year and a half old it sounds like running is like in your like the fiber of who you are so i'm imagining like 10 15 20 years from now you're going to be one of those grams out there running the the boston marathon i'm always surprised i mean not surprised but just like in awe of people who run in their like 70s their 80s it's a personal goal and it's also something they just really love so it sounds like it's something that is so important to who you are as an individual and a person and i mean obviously it takes a toll on your body but it invigorates you so much i imagine you're going to do it for the rest of your life i sure hope so i do know people who have run um well into their 70s and 80s and that is definitely a goal of mine. That's awesome. Well, if you are, I'll, I'll be driving my res car behind <laughs> you and watching you. <laughs> Your endurance. You're the definition of an indigenous endurance. Like that, that to me is like really quite remarkable. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Angie, for taking time to talk with us. I'm inspired to get out there, get my running shoes on. Go slow. <laughs> yes. Chimmy Gwaich, Angie DeLille, lifelong runner, marathoner. And though we didn't really talk about it, the deputy director 
in the Office of Indian Policy for the Minnesota Department of Human Services. And thank you, Dr. Anthony Stately, for chatting with me today. You bet. And thank you for listening today. Chimi Gwich. I'm Anthony Stately. And I'm Leah Lem, Gigawabaman, and we wish you health. Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov slash COVID-19. Find more of our conversations at minnesotanativenews.org slash community conversations.